Well, hello. We're here at the Royal Academy of Arts today in Piccadilly on a rain-soaked Sunday. I think Storm Dennis has finally passed. It raged across the UK yesterday and last night, close on the heels of Storm Chiara, I think it was called. But today I have Abigail Chapman with me, and Abigail was one of my founding employees. This is the Travelling Through Podcast. I'm your host, Emma, and today my podcast guest is Abigail Chapman, who some of you will have known from the Travelling Through Bookshop. She grew up in Mexico until she was 18, then in Canada, and then came to the UK and finally to London. And this is her unique story about London, the world and life. Hello, Abigail. Hello. (laughs) Abigail worked as a barista, but also sold books too. Yes. And she she was renowned for her wonderful latte art. Yes, I, I can make a swan. <laughs> you could it's make a swan. It's claim to fame. Yeah. yeah, something I never managed to achieve at all. You did try very hard I did, I did try hard, but I didn't quite succeed. And I think, if I remember rightly, you made teddy bears as well. I, I can also make a teddy bear, yes. <laughs> um, people used to come in specifically for your latte art, I think. They never quite knew what you were going to put on their, on their coffee cup. I like to think that, yes. <laughs> so, Abigail, you were with us for was it about two years, I think, wasn't it? On and off for three, I think. Was it as long as that? Four, it was quite a bit. Okay, yes. Well, considering the shop was only open to what was open for nearly five years, actually. Yes. So you were with us for a, a considerable amount of that of that period, which is yes, for quite, almost most of it. Yes. And after that, you moved to to the city into the city world i did i i work in a library now which is still book related uh not so much coffee related no no, you've managed to get get away from the coffee sadly yes although it's the bit i miss most you go and drink good coffee so somewhere do you i do do you have a favorite place that you go to local to work then there's a place near me called dose coffee and the man who runs it is a proper hipster with a beard and the whole nine yards and the coffee's quite good so is you it? go there. Okay, well I have to try that. I haven't been there. As listeners may have realised, we're not in a calm space. Today. Well, we are in a calm space, but it's also a cafe and a bar space in the basement, which was quite calm when we first arrived, but we'll, we'll press on anyway. As we can tell, Abigail hasn't got an English accent. You'd think it was North American. Yes. Um, but there's actually a twist, isn't there? Because it's kind of... Canadian and Mexican. It, it is Pan-American. A Pan-American, <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, I don't know how to describe it. I think it's a little more Canadian than it is American, mm-hmm. um, but I guess I'll leave other people to judge. Okay, that's fine. Um, well, I can't hear the Mexican very much. It, it's, it's very subtle. No, no, I, uh, I don't have a Mexican accent, which is very sad because I think it sounds really romantic and I wish I had it, but I, I don't. I'd love to sound like Penelope Cruz or Salma Hayek. So that would be great. Well, it's always intrigued me and I think it's something I never really asked you is what, what actually brought you to, to London in the first place? Because I think before you came to London, you were in Edinburgh. So you came to the UK in a kind of roundabout way, did you? Or was London the first place that you visited? Uh, it's In a way it was. I, I visited London in 2003 uh, with my family. Uh, as, as a holiday. So London is the first city I saw in the UK. Yeah. Um, when I came here to live, I started out in Oxford. I was there for two years and one year in Edinburgh before coming back to Oxford and then eventually uh, coming to London. Okay, and what were you studying? Uh, I studied 18th century cultural history in Edinburgh. So that's an unusual 
a study, just um, very specific. Yes, well that's another long story. I, I started out uh, wanting to study book history and I did end up doing that just under a different program. Okay. Um, and I think that ties into the fact that I did want to work with books in some capacity. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's a bit of an odd degree. It's called 18th century culture as it was, uh, but it really only meant that I wanted to work with old books. And now that is something that you are progressing with, the, perhaps not the old books, but with books. Yes, I am a librarian, uh, or assistant librarian, mm -hmm. um, so I do work with books in one capacity or other. I hope to eventually work with old books, but that's maybe after I graduate. Okay, right. and the, so the degree you're doing at the moment? Is library science. Library science, yes. okay, so that also sounds um, quite interesting and as, as a topic to study. It, there are a lot of books and I enjoy um, looking at them and cataloging them and reading them. Yeah, it appeals to me. It appeals <laughs> just as well really. Yes. <laughs> so, so you came to London and initially without a job and is that how you came to us to travel? Yes. Through? So we were very much your first first job in London were we? I had been living in Oxford at the time and I decided to move to London because there weren't really opportunities in Oxford outside of the university, and I couldn't really get my foot in that door. So I thought, I'll go to London and see what's there. There's lots of museums, there's lots of libraries. I'll, I'll try my best. Mm -hmm. um, and when I got here, I started to apply for cafe jobs, bookshop jobs, which is what I'd been doing in Oxford. And I think traveling through was maybe the fourth or fifth interview that I okay. had. Um, but very much my first job in London, yes. So London, obviously, is from coming from Oxford and probably and before that, Canada. London's a huge metropolis, isn't it? And um, did you find uh, many challenges when you first came to, came to London, like finding somewhere to live and the work? Like, was it was it did it overwhelm you or kind of did you take it in your stride? Did it? I think as as a North American, I have a different perspective on size when it comes to geography okay. uh, and I, I, it, it was intimidating but not as intimidating as it might be to other people. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my first interviews was at a cafe in Battersea uh, and they couldn't really grapple with the fact that I was living in Camden and would, like, for them, it would just be so far to get to Battersea. Yes. It's that river divide, exactly. isn't it? The north-south divide. And it's not something I really considered. But it was difficult finding a housing in London is notoriously difficult. The places you find tend to be small. Um, the first place I lived here, uh, I shared a room with someone for a year. Mm -hmm. It is, it, and it continues to be challenging, but... Yeah on the grand scheme of things, London offers so much that it's, it's really a small hiccup in, in the process of living here. Yeah, yeah, yes. I mean, I know when I first came to London, I also shared a room uh, with my cousins <laughs> in this very small flat above a pawnbroker's shop. Oh, wow. the, the whole shop was on a, on a slant as well. You sort of ran down to the oven you know, to cook. Oh, and, um, and then from there, I, I, I tended to yeah, rent a room in people's houses because it was, it was all I could afford at the, at the time. But it's another way of finding and getting introduced to other neighborhoods around London as well, isn't it? Absolutely. And I've lived, right now I'm in the Northwest, I've lived East, I've lived West, mm -hmm. and I've worked in the South, so I think I have covered a lot of the areas. A lot of, of the areas, area, yeah. yes. So, so you haven't been in? Uh, no, I've never lived South of the River, and I've, always, lived, okay. I've always wanted to. Okay. <laughs> um, I've worked there quite a bit, yeah. uh, through, yeah. the, through the shop. Yes. Um, yeah. And I, I love 
the sort of Waterloo area. So mm -hmm. someday. One day, one yeah, day. someday. <laughs> okay. Um, so you moved to London and then you've very much kind of just felt very at home. So you, at the moment you feel that you're, you're staying here or do you feel once your degree is over that you're ready to move? Because I know at one point you were thinking of moving to LA just because the weather's better. Yes. <laughs> oh, I still can't drive, which makes living in America unfeasible. But no, I love London. Uh, I don't think I'm eager to move away. Mm -hmm. If the opportunity arises, maybe, but I'm quite comfortable. It, it takes a long time to get bored of London, and mm. I think it's been five years at this point, and I'm not quite there yet. Okay. Yeah. Somebody said to me the other day that you have to be in London for 13 years before you actually are a Londoner, apparently. I really? didn't know that. 13? <laughs> 13, yes. I don't know why 13, but uh, I should look that up. <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to do a quick quick fire round of Ooh, questions yes. for you now. Favourite form of London transport? Bus or tube? Bus. Bus. Yes, okay. you get to see the city, uh, which you don't really get to. I, I use the underground a lot more at the moment than I do the bus, mm -hmm. but Bus, bus has my heart. Yes, I, I agree with you there. I, I can remember also when I first came to London, taking the tube um, religiously between Leicester Square and Covent Garden, not realizing <laughs> that it was like a 30 second walk between the two stations. But I think many people fall <laughs> did that. But, and when I did realize, I was very embarrassed that I felt that I had to walk so far, get on another tube to go one stop when I would have been there. But anyway, okay, next question. Um, favorite place on a sunny summer's day? So London Park or the Thames or somewhere else? Oh, I'm quite happy with either of those options. I, I love walking by the river. The, the bit of lawn in front of the Tate Modern is always quite nice. Yes, um, there's always a lot going on there, isn't there? There is, so, yeah. yes. There's always the bubble man who's there mm -hmm. and, and the buskers. Uh, and there's plenty of space to sit, so I do like that. But I used to live near Victoria Park, and that's lovely on a summer's day, near the Regent's Canal. I, I, I can easily do either. You can. <laughs> okay. I can't decide. You can't decide, okay. Well, it just shows that you've got lots of options. Yes, <laughs> okay, have you got a favorite London expression or UK phrase? Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> nothing uh, that comes to nothing mind. Nothing that comes to mind. The only thing that briefly came to mind was um, a friend of mine said that you could pretty much take any noun, add an ed, uh, and it would be a sort of a posh expression for getting drunk. Okay. <laughs> Can you give me an example? Like, if someone said that they were really tromboned, it sounds like it could come from a Bernie Wooster novel. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. I haven't heard that before. That's crazy. I don't know how she came up with it, but yeah, let's go with that. Okay. Um, street food or pub grub? Street food. I think London has a fantastic range of admittedly pretty high-class street food. It's not your traditional, yeah, it's, it's high-quality street food and it's very good. Yes, and do you have a favorite place that you go to for your street food? Because London has so many places, doesn't it? They do. I think Brick Lane is quite nice. The, the street food on Lower Marsh, I really, really miss uh, the falafel wraps and the, <laughs> the pad thai omelettes. I, yes. I, I think about those all the time. <laughs> you I have do. to go back and try one again. I think they're both still there. So. Well, the thing is, they're only during lunchtime, and I, I work of now, course, so yes. there's no way I can ever get to that food market yeah. again unless I take a day off. Yes. Um, but yeah. Yes, because they're not there on a Saturday so at the no, moment, but no. maybe that will change soon. They're so. really good. Okay, we'll move on to a second round of serious questions. Right. So, um, so where was home originally? 
poem originally was the border region between Texas and Mexico, uh, sort of several cities between El Paso and Brownsville, which is quite a big range. Mm -hmm. uh, but I lived in that area until I was 18, so it's still the longest I've lived anywhere. And um, you were born there as well. I was. Thus, yes. your Mexican roots, or yeah. you have a Mexican? Well, you have a Mexican American. Or were you born in America? I and was then, dirty oh, secret. I was born in America. You were born. I'm an American. I never admit to that. <laughs> I was sorry. I'm just. <laughs> um, I. Neither of my parents are American. Because of that, I couldn't live on the American side of the border because they couldn't. Mm -hmm. uh, so we really mostly lived on the Mexican side of the border, mm -hmm. um, which is why I don't tend to say I'm American mm -hmm. because I, I have experience of that area, but that's really all of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, my mom's Mexican as well, so that's how that that's mostly the reason I consider myself Mexican mm -hmm. uh, because of of living there and because of her and my family. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but my dad was Canadian, so I don't really have a connection to America. Okay, all right. And, um, and your grandmother was in Mexico, in that region as well? No. Oh, no, okay, no. so different. My, uh, my mother's family is from Tampico, which is on the Gulf of Mexico. To another area totally, yes. yes. So, and you go to visit, you visit her there quite, yes, quite a lot. Yes, so I do. Fun. When I go back, I go there. And do you have a desire to go back there eventually, one day? Or Never. <laughs> Never? Never. Okay. <laughs> I really hated living there at the time, and so did my parents. Okay. It wasn't just me. And it was a work reason that you were there? My parents worked uh, for car companies on the border, mm -hmm. so we, we were there for work. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't really enjoy living in the area, I didn't either. It's, it's not even proper desert, it's sort of like a scrubland. It's very unappealing to the eye. I always wanted to live around rolling hills and grass okay. and, uh, that's why you're in in the uk i exactly. suppose well, when, I, that. when i moved to oxford it felt like home it was just so much what i wanted to be around yes so what's your as you don't want to go back there well what's your sort of kind of fondest memory of the, of the place of the area um i will say they do have the most spectacular sunsets and sunrises I, th I even read an article about it once, how they're some of the most beautiful in the world. Are they really? Uh, they okay. are, um, according to this random article. Um, yes, it's, they're really gorgeous, and I know I'll never really see that again. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also, there used to be a lovely ice cream parlor in Del Rio, Texas, a real one with a soda jerk and like the whole nine yards. I think it's closed now, but it was called the Emporium. But what's a soda jerk? Sorry. Oh, it's, uh, you know, in those old-fashioned Coca-Cola ads, there's the man with the apron and the little hat mm -hmm. uh, serving you Coke. Yes. That's, it's, that's a soda jerk. Oh, is it? Okay, there we go. Um, and the Emporium had a real soda jerk, and they had the best ice cream sodas. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's, that's real American movie stuff, really, isn't it? It is, yeah. We'd go there every Sunday for a bit. Mm -hmm. I miss some of the food, some of the restaurants we used to go to. Again, like, I'd never go back just for that, but I do miss them. Mm -hmm. Have you found anything similar here in the in the UK for, for Mexico, good Mexican food or is that? No, no. There, there are a couple places to go to if you want okay Mexican food. Uh, there's a place called Tacos del Pastor and another place called Mestizo. I think those are the two that come closest. Okay. They are very expensive. It still hurts me to pay you know, 12 pounds for five tacos, yeah. whereas you go to Mexico, it's you know, 10 tacos for two pounds. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> I will never get used to that. No, we will have put in the show notes these places so yes. that we, our listeners might be interested to go and vi- go and visit at some point. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, moving on to the next quick round: cinema or theatre goer? Oh, theatre if you're in London. Theatre. Yes. Okay. And do you have a favourite theatre? I used to really love the Donmar Warehouse when they had. Um, the tickets that they released on Monday, there were £10 and it was front row seats. They don't do that anymore. Oh, okay. um, but back when they did, it was a great way to sort of get in and see theatre mm-hmm. quickly and really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a lovely theatre mm-hmm. and the Old Vic as well. It's the pretty Old consistent. Vic, yes. Yeah. And they do have £10 tickets, I think, particularly if you're in the in the area or the press tickets as well. And yes, they have the £10 preview tickets. Previews, yeah. exactly, yes. And I think also in a number of the theatres you can have walk-in £15 tickets, yes. um, but you, you've got to be there to, at the right time to, to get them, don't you? So, so. Exactly. Dinner out or nightlife till dawn? Oh, dinner out. Dinner. I, I'm an eater. I love to eat. I don't like nightlife at all, so it's not a tough choice. It's not a tough choice. No. So do you have a, a favorite go-to place for dinner? That all at the moment, do you have your your favorite places? Uh, do change, obviously. They do. I have a long list of places I like to go eat. Uh, at the moment, uh, Spitalfields Market. Over the past couple of years, they've been revamping a lot of the market itself and adding permanent food stalls. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a couple of really, really good ones. Uh, I don't, oh, I think it's called the Dumpling Shack? Dumpling Shack. Dumpling Shack, I think so. They have really fantastic, like, wonton soup and beef noodles with cucumber. And it's really, it's really fantastic. I was tempted to go there today, but <laughs> I didn't have enough time. But we'll go with that one. It's okay. my favorite. And is, is it open in the evening? Yes, yeah. I think it's open till around maybe six o'clock-ish. Okay, so early dinner. Early dinner, Early yes. dinner, okay. Favourite place to go walking or cycling in and around London? I don't cycle because I'm terrified of it, but I do like to walk uh, along the South Bank. Mm -hmm. I do that almost every day on my way home from work, uh, and I still love it every every day. So which strip is that? Is that from kind of like from the South Bank Centre as far as the Tate Modern, or is it which? Uh, Yes, that's exactly it. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) I I come across, because I work in the city, I, I Cross the Millennium, Millennium Bridge, mm-hmm. and then walk to Waterloo Station and take the train home from there. That's a nice walk, definitely. Oh, it's and, beautiful. Yeah, it's, particularly in the summer when, except for it does get a bit busy at times. It does. It, if you're really in a hurry and don't want to see people, you can walk the back roads and you lose the river, but it's still quite nice yeah. and quiet. Okay, third round of questions. Right. Here we go. We're we're rattling through this. <laughs> if you could live anywhere in the world. Where would it be? Oh, Japan. Really? Yes, I, I'd move there. If, if someone gave me a job, I would move there tomorrow. Why is that? That why why Japan? Uh, I've always really loved the the culture and the history of the country. I think a lot of the nature is quite similar, especially in the south to to the UK. It has that same sort of like rolling hills, greenery mm-hmm. vibe to it. Um, mm-hmm. Aesthetically, it's something I, I like. And you have you been before? I've never been. You've to Japan, never been. No. That is so great. <laughs> but you'd go there in a, in a oh, flash. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I think I remember when you were working at Traveling Two that you went to at Olympia. Isn't there like a Japanese oh, uh, festival? There or something? is. Yeah. It's still it's still it one. It's called Hyper Japan. It's twice a year. Yeah. I do recommend it. It's heavily pop culture focused, mm-hmm. uh, but it does have a bit of of culture uh, and history in it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of anime, lots of video games. Nintendo sometimes has a stall 
uh, but there's Japanese food. It, it's really fun. Yeah. I go at least once a year. Okay. And do you have a favorite Japanese restaurant that you visit or like, or, or even uh, street food here in London that you particularly enjoy? Um, the Japan Center is very expensive but does have a good variety of things okay. um, and they do do some sort of takeaway food. Mm. I did come across the most fantastic Japanese restaurant in, it wasn't Highgate, it was West Hampstead maybe? Mm -hmm. Somewhere in that area and I didn't pick up a business card and I don't know what it was called. Oh, and I'll no. never be able to go there again. <laughs> but it, was really good. it was really good at the yeah. time. Okay, so maybe if I do a bit of Googling we might find it for there. I suppose. If you do find it, please let me know okay. because I really did enjoy it. It was what very was small. What was very specific about it? Was there a particular dish that was a... I think we had, um, I went with a friend who lived in Japan, so she knew what to order and that was the other problem. She ordered everything and I think we had pumpkin croquettes of some sort, uh, there, I think some sort of maybe a katsu curry, a really fantastic seaweed dish that was like seaweed soaked in sesame oil. Sounds amazing. Yes, it sounds was, very healthy. As it well. was really, really fantastic, <laughs> and I, I wish I, I knew where we went and what I ordered. Um, but also, uh, Japan House apparently has a restaurant. I've not been there yet. Um, right. Okay. But they've recently opened as well. Okay. Oh, Japan House is fantastic. That's a center uh, devoted to uh, showcasing Japanese culture. Last night, I went to a free performance of Ainu music. Mm -hmm. I'd never really heard about it before. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to expect. It was no. very strange. Was it? Uh, but I did enjoy it and I learned something new. <laughs> and that's the thing about London. There's all sorts of things like this going on all the time, isn't exactly. there? That you can uh, learn and experience and, and w without having to pay a fortune. To or anything. Or anything yes. in this case. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Japan it is. Yes. <laughs> when you do settle there, let me know because I'd love to come and visit. Japan right. is on my list definitely <laughs> to go visit. So do you have a wanderlust or are you very much an armchair traveler would you say oh no I'm, I'm a traveler traveler I don't particularly enjoy reading about places I haven't been to mm -hmm. uh, because I can't really picture it in my mind's eye except Japan except Japan <laughs> well I, I like watching things about travel mm -hmm. so like television I guess that's a sort of armchair, armchair travel mm -hmm. I do like that but now I'm more of a traveler, traveler. and your what your wanderlust at the moment has taken you to, to Europe or or how far where are you off to next with your next uh, my mom and I are going to Budapest Prague and Vienna fantastic and that's then, like a royal like a it's like a royal tour almost like the, yes. the kind of triangle as it were because this is your kind of once a year where your mum comes over from Canada yes. is it so you, you go on a on a tour so that's that's amazing exactly. to do that as well I think it's really important it is to... and because she's she comes here we, we sort of have to do a bunch of things at once mm -hmm. um, so we end up taking these massive tours um, we're ending with a week in Paris with some of her family so okay. it'll be two weeks of, of, of European extravaganza <laughs> That sounds amazing. <laughs> and is it in the summer that you're doing that? Or it is, is, it's in June. Okay, so it's, so it's better weather than, than at the moment anyway. So, yeah. Okay, so another question for you. What place have you visited that's impacted on you the most? I, I have a few different answers. I think it depends on the context. I'll, I'll give two. Okay, um, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, I can maybe give three. One that I thought of immediately was um, a couple of years ago, I did a birthday trip in uh, Austria 
Germany area. Uh, and I went to an ice cave in Austria, and it was really spectacular. I'd never, I've never seen anything like it, and I don't think yeah. I will for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, I climbed a mountain to get into this ice <laughs> cave. Um, I, I took a train from Salzburg to Werfen, uh, got off at the train station, had to find the, the pathway up the mountain, found mm. that, climbed up the mountain, and then had to climb some more, uh, got to the ice cave, and then there were about five of us who didn't speak German, and none of the tour guides wanted to take us on a tour. But finally we got one who, who, would, who would lead us into this ice cave. And he looked like Macaulay Culkin, uh, but with an Austrian accent. And he was very sad. He didn't want to give us this tour, but he did. He did. Um, and with this like, very long face, he, he led us up through this cave, and it was just columns of ice. It was everything. It was like a Disney version of an ice cave. It was really spectacular. Wow. Can you remember what was the cave called? Can you uh, Ice Reisenwelt. Okay, all right. Um, and yes, they don't. They can't take you too far, uh, and you really have to. You, you can't take pictures uh, for safety reasons mostly because you really have to grip every sort of rung to climb through this cave. It's, right. It's quite tenuous at times. Yes. Um, and because there's no lights, the the guide has this match stick and he just he, he kept lighting matches and then lighting these little flares throwing them on the ice and then we keep on going and that was how we how incredible so it wasn't lit no. electrically at all it's no. amazing it, it was really something else. <laughs> and it was on my birthday as well so it was okay, just so a really spectacular experience wow. yes i think that's it impacted me because I think about it all the time. And I bought the mug as well, so every time I see the mug I think, oh, I climbed into an ice cave once upon a time. Not what everybody would say uh, every day, would they, that no. they've climbed a, climbed a mountain to go into an ice cave as well. Because you always think of an ice cave to be actually down underground rather mm. than you'd climb up to go, I suppose, down and then out. Exactly. Yeah. And the only reason I went was because when I w went on the trip, I, oh no, a year before I'd been working at the Natural History Museum uh, cataloging books. And one of the books I cataloged, um, I opened it and there was a picture of an ice cave. Uh, and I just thought that was a fascinating thing. And when I started looking into going to Austria, I saw that there was an ice cave. And I never would have gone if I hadn't seen the picture in the book first. Right. Okay. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. So that's one. Yeah. Yes. No. Definitely. And you had a set. You had another one, did you? Oh, I did have another one. Uh, I went to Finland on on a cruise with my mom last year, and we had a chance to visit a horse farm on the outskirts of Helsinki. Mm -hmm. um, and it was this beautiful 18th century house. We went into the house and there was this veranda and we, we got to have cake and coffee in this really peaceful veranda in Finland. Um, it was a, a person's home as well. They, mm -hmm. they sort of rented it as an Airbnb, I think. Yes. Um, and it was just so peaceful and I thought, I, it felt like living that life for the half hour we were there. Right, okay. Um, oh, lovely. That, yeah. It's not well, something I would immediately associate with Finland for no. some reason. But, uh, no. yeah. It felt like living in a novel, and I, again, I think of that a lot. Do you have many places that you've, you've visited in, in the UK? Any place here that's really impacted on you? Is it, uh, yes, I love Winchester. I've only been there once, but it. It's one of the most beautiful cities I've ever visited. Because with the King Arthur's yes. round table. There's the round table, there's the, um, there's the cathedral, which is beautiful. 
Uh, I went during holidays, so I got to see the boys' school because there was nobody there. Mm -hmm. um, and I got attacked by a swan, which was very exciting. So I was walking down the river. Um, they can be quite vicious, the swans. Yes, they're very vicious. Um, and there was nowhere for me to go other than jump in the river, so I had to prod it with an umbrella and run. <laughs> but Winchester is beautiful. I went to a mill where they, they still sort of ground wheat and mm -hmm. they, they made bread. It's a very charming city. Yes. Really recommend it. Okay, all right. So, and it's not too far to get to from, from London. It's not, um, no. I, by bus or by train, I think you can you can get there. So it's, it's a, many years since I since I visited that the city. It's on the list again, I think, to go and have a have a revisit. We're on the final question oh, now already. So what would be the one piece of advice you would give someone moving to London based on the experiences that you've you've had? I think it's slightly different. I don't know if this is practical advice or not. When I moved to the UK, I didn't have a smartphone. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think now people are quite used to the idea of looking up directions on their phone. Yes. Uh, but when I moved to London, that was quite a new thing. The thing that saved me when I moved here was downloading City Mapper and Google Maps and having that. It gave me the freedom to, to know where to go. Because yes. if you don't know where to go, I think a city can be quite daunting. Intimidating, um, definitely. Yeah. And having City Mapper saved my life uh, a bunch of times, especially when you're job hunting and you, you have to like, discover the city on the go. Definitely. Um, I think the other bit of advice I would give is, um, and again, it's harder in London, but when I moved to Oxford, I had this map of the city and I made sure to visit every street. And every time I did, I'd highlight it and say, like, oh, I've, I've been to this street. Okay. Um, and it would make me take other streets I'd never taken before. Interesting. Um, so that's, really, that's a good way to kind of explore uh, districts as well, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. So, uh, and I think, because uh, London is a fairly safe city, and I think if you can push yourself to, to walk down a street you haven't before, just, like, check that off, mm -hmm. it also gives you like the confidence to, to keep on exploring and the confidence to know the city. Yes, yeah, no, that's very true. I mean, there's lots of things like the, 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 um, the blue plaques of, yes. of where different people have lived in different parts of, of London. And, and London's basically lots of villages all connected yes. up. So you could even explore one, one area on a, on a weekend and, and then start to link them together. Because that was the one thing I, I definitely um, found very difficult coming to London and there was no mm. phone app at all it was using A to, a to Z which was a oh, map right, system yes. so it was all just a spiral bound book which is and still that published a, but no one uses nobody it uses it anymore it's all on an app based mm. things I think that's a pretty good piece of advice though Abigail that you, you've given us and um, I really appreciate that you've taken the time to come and um, be part of our Travelling Through podcast series. I've certainly got a few takeaways from what you've, what you've been saying here, and I'm sure that all Travelling Through podcast listeners out there, that it's been inspiring for them too. And I hope you've got some takeaways from the show. Of course, we'll put all the links that Abigail and I've talked about in the show notes where we can. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please do give us a rating and a review. Abigail will be looking out for them. And please do subscribe. Finally, please share the podcast with your friends if you've enjoyed it we'll be back next week with more traveling through tales from london's melting pot of cultures the london pool what makes you stay and what makes you leave but for now take care and thanks for listening